oh, God is so good, you know what I mean? So wonderful, and his word is so rich and so precious, and, uh, and I have so much stuff, I don't know where to start. But I know all you want me to do is finish. <laughs> so get started, right? <laughs> no. Oh. Jesus presented a story of a, an unjust judge and a woman who really didn't have any rights. She wasn't, you know, in a position to, you know, pester this guy, but she did anyway. And as a result of her persistency, she... She was successful in getting her request granted, even though she really had no right. And he didn't grant it because he cared about her. He granted it because he was tired of her. And within the framework and the context of that story, Jesus poses the question, when the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith? My, an interesting question, and yet it's the backdrop, too, that shows us where the challenge is at. Seemingly unanswered requests. No success in getting a desired outcome. Well, I find faith. Luke chapter 18, verse 8. So it shows us that Jesus, and he uses the phrase son of man, not the son of God in this case. So that pinpoints when this is relative. The son of God would be when he would come back and rule and reign in the, as a king, as the son of God. Son of man would let you know that he's, it was when his second coming would take place because of his relationship to mankind. And so, uh, searching for faith, searching for faith. This morning I want to talk about Mustard seed faith, mountain moving faith, and they don't hardly seem similar, do they? But they are. Faith is not a word that you're, that's new to your vocabulary. But <clears throat> simplifying it would be complete trust and confidence. The book of Hebrews starts out in one of our favorites, of course, is faith is a substance thing hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But then it goes on to give a depiction of faith, and when faith comes into the heart of an individual, the first thing it looks at is the data of creation. By faith we understand 
that the worlds were formed and framed by God. So when faith, the Jesus faith, the God kind of faith comes, there is an illumination and there is an identifying of the created universe. The data that there is a creator. And then the next few passages of scripture moves into what we refer to as the pre-flood heroes. And it depicts the pattern of any believer. We'll see that it is justification by faith Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Then we will see that it is fellowship. Enoch walked with God. It was not because God took him. And then we will see that it's serving. Noah built an ark. Abraham went out from the country and his life becomes a a pattern. Faith becomes something that, you know, is not only what you believe, but what you do. And In Ephesians chapter 2, Dominic, one of the favorite passages of scriptures, for by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself, but it is a gift of God. What a powerful passage of scripture. So to talk this morning about this element of faith, I want you to know that the scripture says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith and he has a vested interest in your faith this morning. A vested interest. He's an author. An author of course is the source of something. But it's also someone that is writing a story. I'm not sure where you're at in that storyline in the book that is about your faith. But you can be encouraged this morning that God is not passive. When it comes to his investment... And his vested interest in you and your faith. You're you're not alone. He has invested a gift in you. Faith is so important. It's important in life, but to the Christian life, the scripture tells us that without it, impossible to please 
God. There's some real reasons why, because how faith, where it comes from, how faith operates, how faith functions, and how faith, you know, increases. See, faith is more than a positive thinking or just being optimistic, but however, those are good mind things. Right? Yeah, you do better. You're easier to get along with. You know, you're happier. Everything about you is better if you're optimistic. But faith is even more than that. Faith is God's power in your life. Faith is power to live. Faith is so dynamically power that powerful that it says that it's been able to stop the mouths of lions. Woo. It's not just a neat little package that somehow has been wrapped up and just good to look at and you're just trying to hold on to. Stops the mouths of lions. It's quenched the fiery darts. The wicked one, it, it this, you know, makes it for the flame so it didn't even have an effect upon the Hebrew children. Faith, in essence, is our relationship with God. It's an instrument by which the gift of salvation has been received. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself, it is the gift of God. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus gives us the story of the withered fig tree. And this demonstrates that faith is the key to release the resources of heaven into your life. And into your situation. It's something that God has divinely implanted. A principle in you. A confidence, an assurance, a trust, a reliance. In everything that God as has said. Faith is not one-dimensional. There's saving faith, which hopefully you've experienced. It's when you believe for salvation and it secures the promises of God for your personal peace and, you know, his promise of companionship with you on a daily basis. And eventually the promise of eternal life with him. And then there's redeeming faith. Where it seeks to make you an instrument. An instrument for somebody else. To be able to hear and to know about this Jesus And then there's triumphant faith. Faith. Faith that confronts doubt, fear, that holds firm, that looks to Jesus. 
middle of seemingly impossible situations. Faith is your positive response to God's grace. It makes Christ work a reality in your life. Faith is taking what God has already done and appropriating it. Faith is can be living or can be dead. Faith has the ability to grow. Faith also can become, you know, less than what it was. You can't go into faith without first talking about grace. Because grace is the one that has went ahead and officiated the grace into humans' lives. It really is. And grace is it's just the character of God. It's not just a commodity that's distributed. It is literally the disposition of the character of God. We often use it sometimes in people's lives too. We say, oh, she is a person of grace. What are you saying? She has such a graceful disposition. Well, God has a graceful disposition. God has a graceful, you know, dispensation. Now, everybody doesn't like grace. Jonah did not like grace. No. Jonah did not like grace. When God reversed his judgment against the Ninevites, Jonah was really upset. My. Grace. The church needs to have a disposition of grace. I'm so glad that we don't get what we deserve, but that not only don't get what we deserve, but we get what we even don't deserve. Jonah sometimes can be referred to as a pouting prophet.
God will always keep his word, but sometimes he will just go ahead and put a space in there of grace. He will. See, Nineveh was destroyed. But they had a big, long grace period in, of many years because they had a response you know, to the message. A message of judgment. Mercy rejoices against judgment. Grace is fully seen in Jesus Christ. Bible says that he is full of grace and truth. Not just a, a package deal, but what that package did. All for the needy. All for the, the helpless. It was grace that seeks us. It is grace that saves us. It's grace that keeps us. It's grace that secures us. It's grace that enables us. And it's grace that ultimately brings us to glory. And it's grace that has been part of his vested interest with a relationship to your to your faith. Yes. So behind all of this faith there is an assistant. Okay? It's a good word. Your faith needs an assistant. An assistant is someone that helps, and he helps to make up the difference. Grace is one of those things that, like when you're in relationship to the natural aspect when little kids are trying to learn to walk and you take their hand. And so grace is operating or you are operating as an assistant in their life. But after the period of time, you know, you no longer need assistance you become a vessel of grace and become an assistant. Grace working through your life or the empowerment of grace. I think you understand that, you know, grace. I started out by saying, you know what I mean? He's the author and the finisher. You're not on your own. 
You're not on your own. Your faith is not just left to itself and you. Hallelujah. Faith. A trust and a reliance and a confidence. Faith is like a television set. It receives signals from the wavelengths of where the headquarters. The television set, those signals are always going on, but all of they become, when activated, cause the picture to come into view and becomes visible. The substance of things hoped for is the evidence that there's actually signals going on from the heavenly. And faith is the one that captures the picture of it. So it's never the transmitter, it's always the receiver. And that's why he stresses and emphasizes paying attention to the receiver. We're going to shape the receivers in. Faith. Faith is the contrast between truth and perception. What we know to be true and what we perceive to be true. The perceived part is simply the senses. The eyes, the ears, the nose. Is there five of them, I believe? That was four. Hearing. It is true that we struggle with our perceptions. It is true that what our perceptions, you know, greatly uh, affect us. Abraham started out with, when he first heard, you know, the wavelength from God about having a son, he says, wait a minute, let's look at this perception. I'm old and she's old. <laughs> I'm dead and she's dead. <laughs> Everything about it was dead. The Bible says that he bypassed the perceptions and got a hold of the transmission. got a hold of the transmission. It says, and he believed God. And then that very faith revolutionized both his and her body. It changed what was, you know, real 
naturally to what was possible spiritually, which was going to become then reality naturally. Come on now, church. Faith is not meant to just remain in the spiritual realm. Faith is meant to take the spiritual things and make them natural things in your life. But you have to look beyond the things that are seen to the things that are not seen. And where are you going to find out about that? Oh, well, he took care of that. He wrote us a book. Put it in some printed pages. Shows us the ups and downs and the ins and outs. And Somebody says the Bible doesn't make any sense. It was never made to make sense. It was made to make faith. It was made to make faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I listen to my grandsons, and I'm sure you listen to yours. And even at this young age of of which they are. It's amazing what the Word of God is doing in their life and from their lives when they leave the Sunday school room and come back into their home and start talking about the stories. And now they believe in prayer. Now they have confidence. All their faith hasn't had to face a lot of issues yet. But nevertheless, there's some faith writings that are taking place in their lives. They're only five and nine. A few pages about God. See, true faith refuses refuses to let the physical truth dominate the spiritual truth. Faith is not denial. Faith is getting the transmission from, you know, a different place, a different source, and really from the Word of God. Because it's the Word of God that makes the full difference because in the beginning, the world was without form and void of nothing. And the word was spoken. And the Holy Spirit, who had just waiting for a spoken word, 
by which he could go ahead and officiate the spoken word. Did you know that we know that Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit? But did you know that it did not happen until the word was spoken? That which is conceived in you is going to be of the Holy Ghost. A word. A word. Faith. It's not always where your faith is at, but it's where it's going. I'm telling you where it's going. Because God's the author and the finisher of it. There are brighter days ahead for your faith. The disciples experienced days in their life when their faith was weak. But they also journeyed to days in their life when their faith was strong. That's why you constantly need the word. You need the word preached. You need the word read. Yes, you know. You need the word taught. You need to be word oriented. Struggling with life. Struggling with the flesh, the devil, and whatever comes else comes along. Well, John says this in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even your faith. Sometimes we're getting so much natural input and not enough word input. Faith is not as the NIV puts it, and the Amplified says, incorrectly, it's not size. It does not say, in the original transcript, nor in the King James, which most correct, it does not say, you can read the NIV, don't get me wrong, you know what I mean? 
But he does not say that if you have faith as the size of a mustard seed. He says if you have faith as a mustard seed. Now we've been doing the parables. We should be head and shoulders down the road. You can use size because it's as a mustard seed. Number one, it's small. So number one, you don't need a lot of faith to move mountains. We're going to get there. You don't need a lot of faith. Everybody's just trying to, trying to get big faith. He says it. just that little faith will move mountains. The reason the mountains don't move is because faith is like a mustard seed. What do you do with seeds in order for seeds to have potential and results. You got to sow them. You've got to sow. The word of God is a seed. Remember the parable of the sowers? The word was spread and it sprung up. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. That is the word of faith that we speak faith always falls back on the word it always falls back on the word that's why you need the word in your life Now, faith can grow because in the parable of the kingdom, he says it is like a mustard seed. And it starts out small, and all of a sudden it becomes amazing because it has a DNA potential of the original faith or the originator of faith. And that is, of course, Jesus Christ. Looking onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's why the life of Jesus and studying the life of Jesus is so important. It's a discovery. Watch 
it in his life? Faith. You can't get faith without the word. You'll end up in wishful thinking. And in wishful thinking, there will be a lot of natural things that will naturally happen. (laughs) Hello. They will naturally happen. But if it can naturally happen, then it is not spiritually, you know, how can I put it, birthed and made. You need both in your life. See, we're not so we're not so spiritual that we don't have natural things. We don't do natural things. We connect natural things in order to get spiritual things. Or get the product of which the natural that we've just went ahead and invested in, you know, is the process. How many farmers we have here? Don't be ashamed. (laughs) How many planted the seed naturally? Obviously everybody did. In hopes of the potential of what was in that seed. You plant the seed, not for the seed, but for what the potential of the seed is. For the fruit of the seed, for the result of the seed. That's what planting faith is. the substance of things hoped for. The evidence, the Bible evidence, the corn evidence, because you've seen corn planted in what corn does. See, except a corn of wheat fall in the ground or is planted what happens all it is is a seed it abides alone there's no extra that comes from it How many like the kind of faith that Jesus talked about? He said in Matthew and in Luke, he said, if you have faith as of a mustard seed, he says that you can say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. That's a metaphor signifying those impossible situations. Faith. 
faith takes the language or is the language of God. Doubt is the language of men. Jesus says that even in forgiving, there's an operation of faith. An operation of faith in Luke chapter 17. It's about forgiving. It takes faith to forgive. And that's what Jesus is doing in your life and my life. He's trying to make, pull out the DNA of the potential of the faith, the saving faith. How many believe you're saved today? You're saved. same grace it's the same faith it's just operating in a different dimensions and different different realm mustard seed faith is mountain moving faith let me tell you a story. I'll ask my musicians to come. There's a story of a Canaanite woman, a woman in the land of Canaan. And she has a severely demon-possessed daughter. And she comes... She comes to Jesus and she says, have mercy, O Lord, son of David. He ignored her. Not only did he ignore her, but his disciples, they just didn't really want her around either. And they said, why don't you just send her away? You know. They're irritated by her need and her cry for help. He answers her as she is in her persistence and she says, listen, it isn't time for you to receive the promise yet. I'm only sent to the lost house of Israel. You're outside of the promise. (laughs) She came and she worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. All of those are indicative of her faith, of who he was. And he answered her and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. 
Faith is more than a belief that God exists or that Jesus is the Messiah. It is a belief, it's a trust, and it's an entrust. She entrusted the destiny of her daughter to Jesus. To this man that was standing before her, and she's on the front side of us discovering this man. We're clear down the road here. Her faith causes him, or causes her to tirelessly seek Jesus. She has a faith. Number one, she has a need. Number two, she believes that she will obtain it. So did the first story that I told you. I don't know how many times you have to come and you have to come and you have to come. Basically, when Jesus says, you know, will I find faith when I come? He says, people are stopping coming. They're not persistent. They don't need it enough. They have other options. Having a good life is not having a life full of faith. Somebody help me out this morning. Hallelujah. America has a good life, but it is not a life of faith. Faith gives you strength to withstand the rejection and the inner turmoil because you have confidence in the nature and the character of the one that's standing there. This woman of faith disregards all obstacles. He's the king of the Jews and she's a Gentile. She asks and he's silent. He says no, but she doesn't care. She keeps coming. She's insistent, but at the same time, she's humble. She's not arrogantly demanding to be served first. She says, I'll just settle for the leftovers. Our faith doesn't thrive in what we think about. When we think about how much faith we have, but it's when we behold God. Looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Are you hearing what the Spirit is saying this morning? Her faith was seemingly so simple, but yet so great because she trusted the one that stood before her. The stories that she heard 
evidences of the past so impacted her life that she refused to be moved by the natural world. A lot like Esther in the book of Esther as she stands and is ready to enter into the audience of the king which without an invitation she could have lost her life even though she was queen. If the king did not raise his scepter, death was imminent. And this guy has already proven what kind of character he is. Because Vashti has went ahead and displeased him and she's been removed from her position. So he's not a nice guy, Clayt. He doesn't really, you know what I mean? He's king. But she goes and she says, there's a need that's greater than my natural life. Church. Your need to you must become greater than just your natural living. It is imperative for your faith so that it can be found by him when he comes. And she says, if I perish, I perish. But there's one thing I'm going to do. And I'm going to see the king. Hallelujah. Guards, get out of the way. This woman says, time frame, get out of the way. She moves the time frame of God who had not yet went to the Gentiles and she moved it up in God's itinerary because of her faith. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. Time might not be on your side this morning. No, circumstances might not be aligning for you this morning, but you will operate, hallelujah, not, not in, in your perception of the natural mind, but if you'll get a hold of the word of God and you allow the Holy Spirit to foster and to continue to germinate that first word, that he is the resurrection and the life, hallelujah. Amen. Great is your faith, daughter. She moved the timetable of God's plan forward. It wasn't coming in Jesus' time. Is it really didn't get inaugurated, you know, until Paul really stepped on the scene? Now, Peter talked about it. And there was an overflow that was taking place. Men from every nation was there, and all of a sudden they began to be inspired by what taking place. But the Apostle Paul was raised up to be an apostle to the Gentiles and take the message. Hallelujah. Man. She's not the only one that moved the master. 
Mary, move the master. He hasn't done any miracles, and it's not time to do any miracles. But she pressed him. <laughs> she pressed him. And all of a sudden, miracles began. This is the first of miracles did Jesus do at the wedding of Canaan. <laughs> You're waiting on God and God's waiting on you. God's waiting on you. What will you say? What will you do? I know this is very challenging, but it's, it's the Spirit of the Lord. He said, he said, you can ask whatsoever you say, but somehow your saying has got to be connected to the word. Somehow it's got to have some evidence. It's not just the substance of things hoped for, it's some evidence in your life. Jade and Clody, when mom was believing in four sons and, you know, who walked away, she never gave up. She holds the promise. God told me. God says, I'll believe it's for my household. It's my household. She's went on to be with the Lord. But the transformation and the change, and I, I personally and my siblings have seen, is you can actually talk with God about them. Hallelujah. You can actually bring Jesus up about with them, you know what I mean? And they'll say, yes, amen, you know? Is their life, you know what I mean, look a lot like mine in terms of they're not preaching in a pulpit, they're not maybe not in church every Sunday? But there's been you know, a sprouting and a growth of faith. They're seeing Jesus. They're seeing Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't give up. Because that woman... She didn't have any right. And she didn't give up. And she got what she was asking for. And you have every right. The sons and daughters of God. Come boldly before the throne of grace that you may receive grace and mercy in the time of need.
the circumstances have not changed and so you're interpreted that God is silent and God has went ahead and said you know what I mean it's not for you it's not time don't buy into it make him move it ahead hallelujah we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was at all points tested and you know and and, and, and felt everything that, that we do he knows what it's like to feel at loss he knows what it's like you know to feel like the father has forsaken him that life has turned against him but he's got faith because he's got evidence. He's got evidence. Oh. Church, that's the kind of faith that God is, has authored and that is also in the process of developing and finishing in us. Sometimes I just have to stop and say, I'm just going to believe. I'm just going to believe. That's all you got to do is just stop. You don't have to Move mountains. All you have to do is concentrate on your belief. You know what I mean? And the only thing that can stop, you know, mountains from moving is doubt. Is doubt. If you don't doubt in your heart, you shall say that's a not a small item because doubt has a lot of evidence come on church I know it's late but doubt has a lot of evidence but it doesn't have the authoritative evidence that faith does stand with me today hallelujah Jesus said I've prayed for Peter that your faith is not going to fail you what kind of faith will Jesus find when he comes he said Will he find the faith that holds on? Or will he find the kind of faith that gives up? We're not talking about saving faith. We're talking about mountain moving faith. I got to quit. I know it. It's just so late. But the Holy Spirit is. 
like David's. He didn't like those things shaking him. I'll be honest with you. I've, I've, I've been shaken in my life. I'm going to be honest with you. But Paul wrote in the Hebrews, he says, be not soon shaken in mind. Where it is, right here. Your mind is shaken. But don't let it happen, he said. You can do it. We can do it. Because that's the kind of faith that he's went ahead and authored in your your life. Simple. I believe. Now, somebody says, well, Pastor, what about those that you know, just hung on right to the end and didn't get it. Well, the scripture covers that too. It says they all died in faith. (laughs) The one thing he says that the devil can't and you don't want to let happen is for the devil to take away your faith. Whether you get your answer or not, don't let the devil steal your faith. He has desired to sift you as wheat. Don't let him take your faith away. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Because my faith is in God. Amen. And I believe in Him. Whether I get the thing that I've been believing for or don't get it, I'm not going to be shaken in my faith because there's a better day coming. Sing something. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you give the Lord a praise this morning? Hallelujah about your faith. About your faith. It's not you. It's God. It's God you got to see. It's not you you got to see. Don't talk about how great your faith is. Talk about how great God is. That's what it takes. Hallelujah. Now, I'm quitting. But next week, I'll tell you how to establish an environmental faith. How to establish an environmental faith. Praise God. Amen. What God is saying is, you don't want just status quo, church. Believers, you don't want just status quo. You don't want just the faith that was yesterday in your life. No. Jude said you got to contend for the faith. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight. And listen, I know, I know what that's like. See, I had, I had kind of, you know, I got faith. Everything's going good. I just don't want to fight any more demons or climb any more mountains. No way, you know? Oh, good luck, he says. <laughs> I'm not going to let you do it. Yeah. Begin to stir it and encourage it. Hallelujah. So, amen. Habakkuk says, 
revive thy work in the midst of years, O Lord. What is he saying? Why don't you step the time frame up, God? Okay, God, you got it all planned, you know what I mean? And -and so-and-so's coming to the Lord. Clear down here. Ah, come on, God. Let's, let's, Let's bring it up to you here. Yeah, way down there. That's too far along the road. Father, as we leave this morning, we go in the name of Jesus Christ. As we leave this morning, we go with a fresh vision, fresh understanding, a fresh comprehension that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And we're determined to be better than the, than the devils who believe there is one God. We're, we're determined, determined this morning, Lord, to believe, God, that, that we have mountain-moving faith, uh, oh God, deposited in us. And that our faith, hallelujah, just can be small. It can move mountains. But help us to sow it this morning with the words of our mouth and the actions of our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Go with God because he's going with you today. God bless you.